0: Section 121, Introduction By March twentieth, 1839, Joseph Smith had reached the lowest depths of utter despair. The physical dimensions of the restored Church had been shattered. The saints had been forced to abandon their homes and property while they tried to survive in the depths of winter, crossing the entire width of Missouri in order to escape the mobs and militia. His mother and father had suffered bitterly from the cold and hunger as they struggled to get to Quincy, Illinois. In fact, his father would eventually die from the consequences of the suffering they endured. Joseph's wife and children were out there somewhere, and he was in prison, unable to help them. All their hopeful plans for the new Jerusalem and the mighty Zion were demolished, and they had lost everything— Their only temple and their plans for their once thriving Kirtland stake was not only past history, but the temple was largely expropriated by enemies and apostates. In his cold, miserable prison dungeon, Joseph saw no possibility of gaining a fair trial or finding any way to escape. He and his companions were barely surviving on scraps and slops from the warden's kitchen. At least on one occasion Joseph had warned his companions not to eat the meat they were offered. The spirit revealed to him that it had been cut from human carcasses. This is from Parley P. Pratt's autobiography, page 239. In the midst of all of this, the broken heart of Joseph Smith cried out to God. His anguish was in the form of a prayer, a pleading, sobbing prayer. And this brings us to the text of section 121.
1: O God, where art thou? And where is the pavilion that covereth thy hiding place? How long shall thy hand be stayed and thine eye, yea, thy pure eye, behold from the eternal heavens the wrongs of thy people and of thy servants, and thine ear be penetrated with their cries? Yea, O Lord, how long shall they suffer these wrongs and unlawful oppressions before thine heart shall be softened toward them? and thy
0: bowels be moved with compassion toward them. Joseph's prayer is only six verses long, but these first three verses capture the spirit of hopeless agony from which Joseph was suffering.
1: O Lord God Almighty, maker of heaven, earth, and seas, and of all things that in them are, and who controllest and subjectest the devil, and the dark and benighted dominion of Sheol, stretch forth thy hand. Let thine eye pierce, let thy pavilion be taken up, let thy hiding place no longer be covered, let thine ear be inclined, let thine heart be softened, and
0: thy bowels moved with compassion toward us, Where else will the scripture disclose a more moving, pleading petition to God than this verse? Let thine anger be kindled against our enemies,
1: and in the fury of thine heart with thy sword avenge us of our wrongs.
0: A vitriolic sense of indignation against the wickedness and cruel injustice which had been heaped upon the suffering saints burst forth from this verse like hot lava from a convulsive volcano. Joseph is trying to keep his feelings under control, but it is almost exploding with anger and indignation. Then comes the final plea.
1: Remember thy suffering saints, O our God, and thy servants will rejoice in thy name forever.
0: Now Joseph has said it all. As his pen fell limp upon the paper, the Spirit suddenly came over him. He swiftly picked up the pen again to record the Lord's answer. The Savior said,
1: My son, peace be unto thy soul. Thine adversity and thine afflictions shall be but a small moment.
0: The most comforting thing about this verse is the Lord's assurance that Joseph's suffering will not last forever. His afflictions will soon come to an end. And then, if thou endure it well,
1: God shall exalt thee on high. Thou shalt
0: triumph over all thy foes. The Key to Success in Times of Great Tribulation is a capacity to hang on and endure. The Lord promises Joseph that if he can hold on during this immediate pressure of sorrow and misery, he will be able to overcome all of his foes. During the past two years, Joseph has been shocked at the number of apostates and the former leaders of the church who wanted to kill him. Thy
1: friends do stand by thee and they shall hail
0: thee again with warm hearts and friendly hands. The Lord holds out the prospect of something Joseph will enjoy within a short time. He will rejoin his friends who have been faithful, and they will welcome him back into their embrace and rejoice over his escape from Missouri.
1: Thou art not yet as Job. Thy friends do not contend against thee neither charge thee
0: with transgression as they did Job. These verses are significant. The Lord did not want Joseph feeling sorry for himself. After all, sorrow, persecution, and suffering is a relative thing, especially with God's servants. The Lord could have cited a hundred prophets who had suffered far more than Joseph, but he simply mentioned Job. Who will measure the sorrow and suffering of Job? He had lost his family, all his property, and his body was covered with boils. But Job would not curse God and die as his wife suggested. This is all in Job chapter 2 verse 9. Or the Lord could have mentioned Jeremiah, who was thrown down a great pit to die, having neither food nor water. Had it not been for an Ethiopian servant of the king, who tied rags together, and gathered thirty men to haul him up from the pit, he would have died of starvation. That's in Jeremiah 21, verses 1 and 2, and 8 and 9. And they who do charge thee with transgression,
1: their hope shall be blasted, and their prospects shall melt away as the hoar-frost melteth before the burning
0: rays of the rising sun. In speaking of those who had charged Joseph with transgression, the name of Thomas B. Marsh, former president of the Quorum of the Twelve, comes immediately to mind. As we have mentioned, he had sworn before a judge to a series of traitorous falsehoods which cost him his priesthood, and his membership in the church.
1: And also, that God hath set his hand and seal to change the times and seasons, and to blind their minds, that they may not understand his marvelous workings, that he may prove them also,
0: and take them in their own craftiness. The one thing which mankind depends upon is the rising of the sun and the regularity of the seasons, but the Lord can change all that. Joseph is serving the Almighty Son of God. He can even change times and seasons. Also because their hearts
1: are corrupted and the things which they are willing to bring upon others and love to have others suffer may come upon themselves to the
0: very uttermost. God's reference to the sins of the wicked committed against others, and saying that it will return unto them to the, quote, uttermost, unquote, has reference to the judgments of God, which the unrepentant wicked will pay for to the uttermost farthing. This is mentioned in Doctrine and Covenant, sections 76 and 38, And Matthew 5 and 26.
1: That they may be disappointed also, and their hopes may be cut off.
0: The wicked have generated great expectations, which they think their wicked schemes will achieve. But the Lord knows the future, and he assures the wicked that they will be amazed and terribly disappointed when they look back on the history of their lives. And
1: not many years hence that they and their posterity shall be swept from under heaven, saith God, that not one
0: of them is left to stand by the wall. They expect to set up dynasties of posterity and wealth, but both will be swept away with the passing of time.
1: Cursed are all those that shall lift up the heel against mine anointed, saith the Lord, and cry, They have sinned, When they have not sinned before me, saith the Lord, but have done that which was meet in mine eyes,
0: and which I commanded them. It is an eternal sin to strike out against the Lord's anointed. But men like Thomas B. Marsh claim they have not sinned when they betrayed God's prophet and expected the Missourians to slay him. But what a bitter pill when Thomas B. Marsh became an old man and struggled across the plains to plead with Brigham Young to let him come back into the church as a lowly member. But those who cry transgression do it
1: because they are the servants of sin and are the children of
0: disobedience themselves. This fits the high officials of the church who turned on the prophet in his time of travail. And
1: those who swear falsely against my servants, that they might bring them into
0: bondage and death. When Thomas B. Marsh came out of Salt Lake to confess his sins and plead for readmission into the kingdom, this is exactly what he admitted he had done when he betrayed the prophet Joseph. Woe unto them! because they have offended my
1: little ones, they shall be severed from the ordinances of mine house.
0: One of the greatest blessings a person can lose through wickedness in the second estate is offending God and having all the blessings of baptism and the endowment in the temple swept away, for they thereby lose the keys to the celestial kingdom. Their basket shall not be full. Their houses and their
1: barns shall perish, and they themselves shall be despised by those that flattered them.
0: The wicked conspire to enrich themselves by turning against the church and the Lord's servants to satisfy some secret combinations of Satan's servants. All of the riches they expected to gain will perish, and they will be despised by the very ones who claim to be their friends. They shall not
1: have right to the priesthood, nor their posterity after them from generation to generation. It had been better for them that a millstone had been hanged about their necks, and they drowned in the depth of the sea.
0: What a tragedy when men have held a priesthood and been officers in God's kingdom to suddenly lose their authority and find their posterity out of the kingdom from generation to generation. Looking back, the Lord says they will feel that it would have been better if they had been drowned in the sea. Woe unto all
1: those that discomfort my people, and drive, and murder, and testify against them, saith the Lord of hosts. A generation of vipers shall not escape the damnation of hell. Behold. Mine eyes see and know all their works, and I have in reserve a swift judgment in the season thereof for them all.
0: Now the Lord passeth judgment on the thousands of Missourians, who are reveling in the looting, robbing, burning, killing, and raping of the saints, as they are thrust out into the wilderness in midwinter.
1: For there is a time appointed for every man, according as his works shall be.
0: The Lord wants Joseph to know that all of this is not forgotten, and the time of judgment lies directly ahead. God shall give unto you knowledge by his Holy
1: Spirit, yea, by the unspeakable gift of the Holy Ghost that has not been revealed since the world was until now, which our forefathers have awaited with anxious expectation to be revealed in the last times, which their minds were pointed to by the angels, as held in reserve for the fullness of their glory.
0: Meanwhile the faithful saints will be blessed with the bounteous blessings of heaven, including revelations concerning many things which have been reserved until this dispensation. The earlier prophets knew this would happen and looked forward with anxious expectations to this great day which the modern saints will inherit. A time to come in the which nothing shall be withheld.
1: Whether there be one God or many gods, they shall be manifest.
0: This will be the day when the writings of all of the prophets will be revealed when the remaining two-thirds of the plates of the Book of Mormon will be translated and published. This will give us the plates of Laban and the portion of the Book of Mormon which has been withheld. For those who love the Scriptures, these latter days will ultimately give us whole libraries of past revelations.
1: All thrones and dominions, principalities and powers, shall be revealed and set forth upon all who have endured valiantly for the gospel of Jesus Christ.
0: The faithful will also be allowed to enjoy all the multitude of thrones and dominions which God has reserved for the faithful saints.
1: And also, if there be bounds set to the heavens or to the seas, or to the dry land, or to the sun, moon, or stars, all the times of their revolutions all the appointed days months and years and all the days of their days months and years and all their glories laws and set times shall be revealed in the days of the dispensation of the fullness of times
0: the lord also has in mind revealing to the saints all of the visions of eternity which were seen by Moses and Abraham,
1: according to that which was ordained in the midst of the counsel of the eternal God, of all other gods before this world was, that should be reserved unto the finishing and the end thereof, when every man shall enter into his
0: eternal presence and into his immortal rest. And what will be the most thrilling of all will be the revelation of the eternities in which we will get to see the plans of our own eternal Father and all of the other family of the gods. We will see the eternal round of creation until the time of perfection and eternal rest. In a spirit of exaltation, Joseph Smith exclaims, How long? Can rolling waters remain impure?
1: What power shall stay the heavens? As well might man stretch forth his puny arm To stop the Missouri River in its decreed course, Or to turn it upstream, As to hinder the Almighty From pouring down knowledge from heaven Upon the heads of the latter-day saints? Behold, there are many calls, But few are chosen, and why are they not chosen?
0: One cannot hear this verse without contemplating the multitude of the Father's children who have been called or invited to participate in the fullness of his glory, but how comparatively few ended up as chosen servants to receive their crowns. And we cannot help wondering why this is so. Here is the great secret.
1: Because their hearts are set so much upon the things of this world, and aspire to the honors of men, that they do not learn this one lesson that the rights of the priesthood are inseparably connected with the powers of heaven, and that the powers of heaven cannot be controlled nor handled only upon the principles of righteousness, that they may be conferred upon us, it is true. But when we undertake to cover our sins, or to gratify our pride, our vain ambition, or to exercise control or dominion or compulsion upon the souls of the children of men, in any degree of unrighteousness, behold, the heavens withdraw themselves. The Spirit of the Lord is grieved, and when it is withdrawn, Amen to the priesthood or the authority of that man. Behold, ere he is aware, he is left unto himself to kick against the pricks, to persecute the saints,
0: and to fight against God. As we contemplate the history of the church from the beginning, we are amazed at the number who lost their way and drifted from the kingdom. The Lord loved them, but the heavens wept over their loss when they fell we have learned
1: by sad experience that it is the nature and disposition of almost all men as soon as they get a little authority as they suppose they will immediately begin to exercise unrighteous dominion hence many are called but few are chosen
0: the great lesson to be learned in all of this is that it is a natural and universal tendency of all men and women in the second estate to exploit whatever authority they get and exercise unrighteous dominion over those they have been appointed to serve. To avoid this, the Lord describes what it is like to follow Christ and govern by his principles. He says, No power or
1: influence can or ought to be maintained by virtue of the priesthood only by persuasion, by long-suffering, by gentleness and meekness, and by love unfeigned, by kindness and pure knowledge, which shall greatly enlarge the soul without hypocrisy and without guile, reproving betimes with sharpness when moved upon by the Holy Ghost, and then showing forth afterwards an increase of love Toward him whom thou hast reproved, lest he esteem thee to be his enemy, that he may know that thy faithfulness is stronger than the cords of death.
0: Now the Lord closes this marvelous revelation with an inspired benediction. He says, Let thy bowels also
1: be full of charity towards all men, and to the household of faith, and let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly, then shall thy confidence wax strong in the presence of God, and the doctrine of the priesthood shall distill upon thy soul as the dews from heaven. The Holy Ghost shall be thy constant companion, and thy scepter an unchanging scepter of righteousness and truth, and thy dominion shall be an everlasting dominion, and without compulsory means it shall flow unto thee forever and ever.
0: Section 122 Introduction This revelation is dated March 1839 and was written in the Liberty Jail. It is actually a continuation of Section 121. Therefore the introduction of Section 121 applies to this section as well. Now we come to the actual text of one twenty-two. The ends of
1: the earth shall inquire after thy name, and fools shall have thee in derision, and hell shall rage against thee, while the pure in heart, and the wise, and the noble, and the virtuous, shall seek counsel and authority and blessings constantly from under thy hand.
0: In this section, the Lord is continuing his predictions concerning Joseph, his beloved prophet. These verses are to give Joseph courage to endure the derision of fools, since the faithful saints will continue to love him, honor him, and seek blessings from his hands.
1: And thy people shall never be turned against thee by the testimony of
0: traitors. The Lord says that the people who are faithful and loyal followers of Christ will never reject Joseph or turn against him.
1: And although their influence shall cast thee into trouble, and into bars and walls, thou shalt be had in honor, and but for a small moment, and thy voice shall be more terrible in the midst of thine enemies than the fierce lion, because of thy righteousness." and thy God shall stand by thee forever and ever.
0: No one knows better than the Savior how enemies can influence the people and cause trouble and legal difficulties with those in power. Nevertheless, Joseph must plow through each travail and endure it for the brief moment that it encompasses him. The Lord assures Joseph that in the end the Lord will stand by him forever if thou art
1: called to pass through tribulation, if thou art in perils among false brethren, if thou art in perils among robbers, if thou art in perils by land or by sea, if thou art accused with all manner of false accusations, if thine enemies fall upon thee, if they tear thee from the society of thy father and mother and brethren and sisters, And if with a drawn sword thine enemies tear thee from the bosom of thy wife, and of thine offspring, and thine elder son, although but six years of age, shall cling to thy garments, and shall say, My father, my father, why can't you stay with us? Oh, my father, what are the men going to do with you? And if then he shall be thrust from thee by the sword, AND THOU BE DRAGGED TO PRISON, AND THINE ENEMIES PROWL AROUND THEE LIKE WOLVES FOR THE BLOOD OF THE LAMB, AND IF THOU SHOULDST BE CAST INTO THE PIT, OR INTO THE HANDS OF MURDERERS, AND THE SENTENCE OF DEATH PASSED UPON THEE, IF THOU BE CAST INTO THE DEEP, IF THE BILLOWING SURGE CONSPIRE AGAINST THEE, IF FIERCE winds BECOME THINE ENEMY, if the heavens gather blackness, and all the elements combine to hedge up the way, and above all, if the very jaws of hell shall gape open the mouth wide after thee, know thou, my son, that all these things shall give thee experience, and shall be for thy good.
0: In these three verses, the Lord itemizes the perilous situations which his chosen prophets may expect to encounter. For example, if he is in danger because of false brethren, and if he finds himself being held up and robbed, if he finds himself floundering in the mighty deep, If he is charged with all kinds of false accusations, and if he is assaulted, mobbed, and attacked, if he is torn from his parents or family, if he is separated from loved ones by the sword of officials, if thou art dragged away to prison, if thy enemies stalk thee and prowl around you, and if he be thrown into the pit by murderers, if he has the sentence of death passed upon him, if he is cast into the deep, if the roaring elements combine against him, if the jaws of hell gape open before him, know this, my son, all of these things shall give thee experience and shall be for thy good. The Son of Man descended below them all, Art thou greater than he? The Son of Man hath descended below them all.
1: Art thou greater than he? Therefore hold on thy way, and the priesthood shall remain with thee, for their bounds are set, they cannot pass. Thy days are known, and thy years shall not be numbered less. Therefore Fear not what man can do, for God shall be with you forever and ever.
0: Joseph is to keep all of these things in mind when trials and difficulties ensnare him. The bounds of his enemies are set, and no matter how bitter they become, their bounds are set, and beyond them they cannot go. Furthermore, the days of Joseph are divinely fixed, which means they are numbered, because this is so. He need not fear what men try to do to him. They cannot cut his days short. Section 123 Introduction This section is a continuation of Section 122 given in March 1839 at Liberty Jail, Clay County, Missouri. The circumstances under which these three sections were given to Joseph Smith are contained in the introduction to Section 121. Now well, we come to the text of section 123. And again,
1: we would suggest for your consideration the propriety of all the saints gathering up a knowledge of all the facts and sufferings and abuses put upon them by the people of this state.
0: Although the people of Missouri do not know it, they will ultimately be judged by the very people they have afflicted. The Lord wants the saints to carefully list all of their property which has been lost or damaged, because it will be charged against the people of Missouri.
1: And also of all the property and amount of damages which they have sustained, both of character and personal injuries, as well as real property.
0: The Lord also wants the saints to include the full measure of civil damages the injury to their character, their reputation, the full measure of pain and suffering they have endured. It is to be listed right along with the damages to the real property, their houses, barns, and farms. It is significant that the Lord wants to have lists prepared, not only of the property, but also the things the saints have suffered and do it in a very carefully constructed legal manner
1: and also the names of all persons that have had a hand in their oppressions, as far as they
0: can get hold of them and find out. Now the Lord wants all of the names of those who have afflicted the saints. Of course the Lord knows who they are, but he wants the people to identify all their wrongdoers to the greatest possible extent. Here again we are somewhat impressed and surprised that the Lord wants this done as though it were a bill of particulars that will day be presented in a court of law.
1: And perhaps a committee can be appointed to find out these things and to take statements and affidavits and also to gather up the libelous publications that are afloat and all that are in the magazines and in the encyclopedias and all the libelous histories that are published and are writing and by whom and present the whole concatenation of diabolical rascality and nefarious and murderous impositions that have been practiced upon this people.
0: The Lord suggests that this be done in an organized way with a central committee in charge. The Lord said each person should make his charges against the guilty parties by filling out affidavits. This means the Lord wants all of this information prepared in a strictly legal manner that would be acceptable in the courts of the land. They are also to collect all of the publications that have attacked the saints. This is to include newspaper clippings, magazine articles, histories, encyclopedias, and everything else that will contribute to a comprehension of the diabolical rascality and nefarious murderous attacks against the Mormon people
1: that we may not only publish to all the world, but present them to the heads of government in all their dark and hellish hue, as the last effort which is enjoined on us by our Heavenly Father, before we can fully and completely claim that promise, which shall call Him forth from His hiding place, and also that the whole nation may be left without excuse before he can send forth the power of his mighty arm.
0: This collection of evidence against the enemies of the church is not to be hidden away on dusty shelves. It is to be published and distributed to the world, particularly to the heads of government, so that all the wickedness of the servants of hell may be exposed for what they have done. It is interesting that the church has collected all of this material, and while it has not been widely publicized by the Church, the time will come when all those who have caused such suffering among the Saints of God in Missouri will be confronted with this information and be required to answer for it.
1: It is an imperative duty that we owe to God, to angels with whom we shall be brought to stand, and also to ourselves, to our wives and children who have been made to bow down with grief, sorrow, and care, under the most damning hand of murder, tyranny, and oppression, supported and urged on, and upheld by the influence of that spirit which hath so strongly riveted the creeds of the fathers, who have inherited lies, upon the hearts of the children, and filled the world with confusion, and has been growing stronger and stronger, and is now the very mainspring of all corruption, and the whole earth groans under the weight of its iniquity.
0: The Lord says the manifest wickedness of the Missouri mobs is typical of the mainspring of all corruption, which is the weight of iniquity that causes the whole earth to groan.
1: It is an iron yoke. It is a strong band. They are the very handcuffs, and chains, and shackles, and fetters of hell.
0: This iron hand of evil is the yoke which Satan has fastened on the world. These are the chains, shackles, and fetters of hell.
1: Therefore it is an imperative duty that we owe, not only to our own wives and children, but to the widows and fatherless, whose husbands and fathers have been murdered, under its iron hand, which dark and blackening deeds are enough to make hell itself shudder, and to stand aghast and pale, and the hands of the very devil to tremble and palsy. The...
0: Therefore, this wickedness must be exposed, it must be memorialized and exposed for the sake of the widows, orphans, and those who have suffered so severely. It is interesting, however, that all of this information is still held in reserve for the time when those who committed these wicked acts will stand before God's judgment and be required to account for all they have done.
1: And also, it is an imperative duty that we owe to all the rising generation and to all the pure in heart
0: The rising generation must also be taught these things that the truth might not be forgotten and the wicked allowed to escape their just deserts.
1: For there are many yet on the earth among all sects, parties, and denominations who are blinded by the subtle craftiness of men, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, and who are only kept from the truth because they know not where
0: to find it. At the same time, the saints must labor with all their might to enlighten the eyes of those who have been blinded concerning God's people and the marvelous message of the restored gospel which they possess.
1: Therefore, that we should waste and wear out our lives in bringing to light all the hidden things of darkness wherein we know them, and they are truly manifest from heaven. These should then be attended to with great earnestness.
0: This double task of exposing the wicked and preaching the restoration is a sacred obligation of the saints. It must be attended to with the greatest of earnestness. It would appear, however, that the day of accounting for the wicked, who are responsible for the persecution of the saints, will be in the presence of God himself, in the day of judgment,
1: let no man count them as small things, for there is much which lieth in futurity pertaining to the saints, which
0: depends
1: upon these things.
0: After an emergency is past, it is human nature to forgive and forget, so to speak, and thereby allow these sacred duties to be neglected. But the church has a prophetic history to fulfill and much depends upon the saints fulfilling their duties and carrying out the instructions the Lord has given them.
1: You know, brethren, that a very large ship is benefited very much by a very small helm in the time of a storm, by being kept workways with the wind and the waves. Therefore, dearly beloved brethren, let us cheerfully do all things that lie in our power. And then may we stand still with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God and for His arm to be revealed.
0: Joseph Smith closes this heavenly-inspired letter by reminding the saints that huge ships are guided by small helms. In the same sense, it is the small things the Lord requires the saints to do which will determine the destiny of the ship of Zion, and all must do their part in order that God's purposes will be fulfilled. If you are enjoying this podcast with W. Cleon Skousen, you might enjoy his lectures recorded while at Brigham Young University, found at skousenlibrary.com.